This is the Living Fearless Today podcast, a show that helps men like you and me who are struggling to get unstuck and overcome fear to live confidently and courageously. I'm your host and transformation coach, Mike Forster, helping you create the change you want now. Join me as I interview men who've conquered their challenges and soared to success as they spill their secrets on how they live fearless today. Well, hello and welcome back, my friend. Well, here goes part two. (laughs) So I brought my wife, Kathy Forster, back and uh, we're going to go ahead, kind of fill in some stuff, continue the story and uh, go from there. So I hope you found the previous episode to be beneficial. You know, things things were rough and I I think that came through, but uh, let's give some clarification on a few things. So. Kat, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank awesome. you. Um, so as far as we had talked about grandma and grandpa being super hesitant, I mean, like mm-hmm. super, super, super hesitant would be closer. Um, how did things as, as the years progressed and we were going through, you know, changing and um, just our relationship, how did things go? Did they change? They stay the same? What did you see? The relationship with my grandparents, actually, they became our greatest cheerleaders and um, even advocates on the choices we were making, the changes we were trying to make. Um, They were kind of our safe space to be able to go to bounce things off of they didn't always agree but you know they they saw that we were trying and i they came to love you as a grandson and um you you were their um you you became this person that they knew you could be and that you were working toward and yeah, they just, they loved you. Yeah. And it was mutual. I mean, the thing that I really want to bring light to is it's just because a relationship doesn't start out the way we want, doesn't mean that it can't change and transform because um, like you said, they were our biggest advocates. And I mean, it was one when, you know, I would, something would happen at work or, you know, anything in life. I mean, it was going to grandma and grandpa and, you know, just sharing the news. Um, And I didn't do that with my parents because of, uh, you know, just the relationship there, but grandma and grandpa, um, I don't know, they just pushed us, they pushed, but they were encouraging. So there was a, a balance that they held. I mean, it wasn't just, like you said, it wasn't all just positive. Oh my gosh, you're the best. You know, there was that part of, we can, we know you can do better. Um, what can we do? 
And so I didn't want to just leave that on a, oh my gosh, that relationship, you know, was horrid throughout the years because it wasn't. Um, but it also helps to paint that picture that things can change. They can improve. Absolutely. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on was community. We talked about community um, within Boise and how that changed. We had community that was safe enough for you to go against what I had said. <laughs> Don't tell anybody, you know? But yeah, exactly. But that community was, was safe. And is there a difference between that community and like, a superficial kind of like relationships that you had seen that I had as community before that? I think so. Um, I grew up with community. Um, like I said, you know, I, I jumped right into choir. I made some really great friends that I'm still friends with to this day. Um, we just had a, a tight group and Maybe it's a difference with male male relationships and female relationships because we do tend to be more um, speak more. <laughs> we 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 talk. We want to get feedback. We want to connect, and that's how we connect. Mm-hmm. And especially in high school. You know, when everything's already (laughs) so, you know, who are we? We're searching for ourselves. We're searching for, you know, we're coming into our own. We're getting away from being the people our parents have projected possibly and into the people that we feel true to being. and. I don't know, uh, from the guy's side, from the male perspective, what did that look like for you? For me, I hadn't ever let anybody that far in, right? I, my lifestyle was being a chameleon and that was a safeguard, um, you know, kind of mechanism. But when we were in, in Idaho, I let people in, I chose to you know, start taking the risk um, because it was either stay where you're at or take a risk. And I was tired of being where I was at and life being the way it was. So I mean, it wasn't comfortable by any means, but I knew it was what was needed. And so I, I became actually really dependent upon it, not in a negative way, like, Hey, I'm dependent upon, you know, a drug or anything like that. But it was, I could process things with, with other men, you know, which outside of, you know, like, like dad, I hadn't had that opportunity. And I'm talking about your dad, not my dad. Um, You know, we could work on the car, which I was not skilled at. Um, So dad (laughs) carried me in that part, but uh, you know, he he would listen. Mom gave us the room to listen and you are choking me up, girl. Um, yeah, dad was, 
dad created a space where I could share and just be real. And I didn't have that father figure at home with my own dad. Um, right. You know, now that, you know, he's since passed, I mean, that's one of the roughest things I think is yeah. that it's like, there's so many times I, I want to go to dad and he's, he's not there. So it's like the things that were uncomfortable and I learned some of those, and we'll get into it more as, as we talk about moving out to Kansas, but yeah. those things that, that helped us grow so much were then not available when we yeah. made that move. And I sure. think that was where it really hurt and came to light. I don't know. Does that make, does, yeah. does that make sense? You agree? Oh yeah. I, I think that's spot on. I, and I think that was a big thing with the transition here to Kansas um, was once again, losing all of that deep connection um, of people that just loved us, loved us in our faults, loved us in our iniquities, <laughs> loved us in our stupid. <laughs> and it, I guess when, so when you found out we were moving because I got laid off along with 750 other people, right. um, when I got laid off and we decided, Hey, yeah, we, we need to move. Um, was that a concern for you as well? Because like you shared last time, you built up this community of, of ladies that you could share with, and it wasn't, you know, husband bashing or anything like that. It was very supportive. And yet um, there was accountability within it. Is that something that bothered you or not bothered you, but concerns you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The unknown of, we, we didn't know anybody here and not that we knew anybody in, in Idaho when we moved from Nevada or California to, to Idaho. But, um, you know, I was hopeful that we would be able to find the same types of connections without severing the previous connections, which the previous connections are still intact. But the actual moving to Kansas was, was rough. It was, it was definitely rough. Um, being further away from my grandparents and being further away from family in general and our entire support system. Um, luckily, they were still our support system. And even though they, it wasn't an immediate connection, it wasn't a physical connection on a weekly basis, they were still only a phone call away, which helped for a time. Right. Um, and then, you know, trying to find not even the same type of connection as in trying to replace what we had, but just connection. Um, that was rough. It was rough for us as a couple. It was rough for us individually. And it was rough for us as a family. 
Yeah. I, I think the move here, um, I was hopeful, but I was still frustrated. Like I did not want to move, um, because of everything we had in Idaho. And so there was a lot of, of anger, just like, why are we having to move? And this isn't fair. And, um, as we got here, you know, we, we did make some, some friendships, but it was just different. And I think my expectations, you know, my expectation was, Hey, things will, you know, we'll go ahead and make friends and life will pick up. We're just moving. And it didn't come about. And from that, um, I know I got really depressed and I think that was the darkest and hardest time for me. Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. How did that, did I go back to wearing a mask when we moved here or anything like that? Or like, what did you see as far as, I guess they clued you in, Hey, he's, he's in a bad place. Um, I think I, I it, your demeanor. I mean, we lost everything that we knew and we're starting fresh and that emotionally and physically as, as well as just the move itself was draining and there were just things that you reverted back to that you didn't necessarily do consistently um, when we were in Idaho. Um, your temper was short, your, you had very little, uh, um, grace for differing opinions my opinion within, the, no within opinion. the family. What was that? I said my opinion or no opinion. <laughs> my way <laughs> No way. Um, you know, there were just things that the insecurities that you had when we were first married, when we were in Nevada, and even the early part of Idaho, all came back at once. Um, the traction that you made just wasn't you, it was like you were spinning your wheels you couldn't get the traction here to maintain the growth that you had made and you know i i would ask you what was wrong i'd try to get you to talk and what speaking of the mask and it was everything's fine there's nothing to worry about and that was a that was something I knew was not true. I I knew you were struggling and you couldn't or wouldn't talk about it. Um and so the difference was just there. 
you know, I, I knew you, I knew what your general personality in times of stress were or were developing into. And all of that was out the window. So how did you, how did you handle it? How did you weather like seeing all this progress made as far as for me and, and us, and then it's, it's like eroding away. How did you weather that? Oh, um, lots of prayer, <laughs> lots of giving you space, um, trying to find that balance between giving you space and including you in the very things that were frustrating to you. Our children were still relatively young and, you know, there were things that we wanted to go do. And sometimes it was disheartening to, for you to say no more often than you said yes. But I had, I had to also fall back on what I knew, who I knew you to be, who I knew you were developing into and know that you'd get your footing eventually. Decades and later. What was that? <laughs> Decades later. Decades later. No. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding, but it's like, I'm sure at times it felt that way just because it, it went on for a while. Sometimes it felt like forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes there would be these glimpses of, ah, uh, there it is. There, we're, we're, we're getting there. And, th- but you had your defense mechanisms up, you had your mask on, you had your self-protection ready, ready and waiting. So anytime you got uncomfortable, anytime you got into your funk, anytime, even with myself and our children, that was there so that you, it seemed like so that you could avoid being uncomfortable. Um, It was easier to be uh, disengaged with your safe space, which was your family, your, your immediate family, your household family. Um, I think that's the biggest thing with the depression that you were going through was you just didn't want to do things. You put on a good face if you were there, but it took so much energy for you that when, when whatever it is or what, whatever it was, was done, all of that flooded back. And so for a long time, the kids and I walked on eggshells because we weren't sure. We weren't sure how, how you were going to react to any given situation, even if it looked good in the moment. So how did it affect, like, is, is I'm struggling at the time and, you know, going through the depression and going deeper and deeper, how did it impact you, you and the children overall? Um, 
you're the, you're the thermostat, you, whatever your mentality was at the moment, the kids picked up on, uh, there were days that it was rough all the way around. Um, you know, of course they, they wouldn't give you the, <laughs> excuse me, the attitude necessarily, but they would take it out on each other. And because we were homeschooling, I got a lot of it. They didn't want to have to do X, Y, Z. It was uncomfortable. It was, it was growth producing. It was whatever. It was just out of their wheelhouse and their attitude reflected it. Um, for myself, it was trying to, <laughs> it was, I got to be the hub of the wheel. I balancing how you were feeling and what you needed, how that was reflect reflecting in the children, how their own attitudes toward each other, toward myself, toward what needed to be done. Um, it was, it was a circus and it was our monkeys. I, that's just the way it was at the moment. It, you know, and that moment was long. That moment was long, but I knew that as you got comfortable, as you got connected, as you felt connected with me and with the children, as your core community, things would settle into a new norm because I saw it. I saw those glimpses of who you were working really hard to be. It didn't make it easy. No. And you were weathering also, like you talked about homeschooling the kids and as you're homeschooling them, two of them were really struggling. Mm -hmm. And so you were also struggling the fact what's wrong with me as a teacher, you know, and taking on that burden to compound everything else that you're facing with our situation and where things are at. So, I mean, you were like, you are super resilient. Even at that point, it was wearing you down. It was. Yeah. Like, yeah. Drastically. And the not having the community that we had in Idaho was part of that drain because I didn't have anybody in the moment to go to when we were here. So how did you continue to, to encourage yourself? I mean, you're, you're going through it in teaching and in parenting and as a wife, like how are you staying afloat and not like just saying I'm done or, you know, I'm going to beat everybody down. (laughs) Well, I had my days. I had my days where I was just like, something's going to (laughs) give. Or someone's going to die. <laughs> but, you know, I I don't. I tried to take time for me and it was not nearly enough. Self-care was not a thing. I had too much else to do. I I couldn't stop to take care of myself. Because I had to give everything to everybody else. 
so how I got through it besides caffeine, I, I, I medicated it. I, I, there, uh, truthfully, there was medicating going on. Um, nothing, no illicit drugs or anything. It was Coke. I mean, come on. Yeah, it was Coke. now that's the liquid kind that comes in a <laughs> bottle. But, you know. Lots of caffeine. Um, I'm not a coffee drinker. So yeah, it was a lot of Coca-Cola. Um, it was, um, dark chocolate. It was when it was nice outside. It was homeschooling outside. It was being grateful. Honestly, it was finding those little moments that I was grateful for. Now, how did you do that? How, how are you grateful for every? How are you grateful for things when everything like we've described is just falling apart? I mean, how are you doing that? It wasn't falling apart. It was rearranging. And I could look at each of our children and be grateful for the opportunity to homeschool. Hmm. I could look at each of their challenges and unique uniqueness and be able to you know, their sense of humor when they were relaxed, um, the fact that they'd still love to snuggle even in their teens, um, the fact that we could watch movies together. I was even grateful for those dyslexic days that, you know, a couple of our children had where routine that I was getting into was out the window. And we... We took off for the zoo and we had science at the zoo (laughs) or we um, just went outside and our entire math for everybody was with chalk on the sidewalk or not the sidewalk, the uh, driveway or being grateful that you were home. You were able to work remotely and you were there physically that the children and I could have meals with you um, just that the, that we had a crock pot and I didn't have to think about cooking dinner after a long day of homeschooling. I looked for the little things that, you know, I had to take a step back because there was enough chaos and it's something I put on myself. There was enough chaos. I had to be somewhat, on a semblance of um, normalcy, <laughs> tried not to get too far into the crazy um, because I knew if I could hold it together, then there was a chance that I could mitigate anything else that was going wrong. Hi. Coach Mike here. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Living Fearless Today podcast. Man, if you're struggling with your worth, feeling you're not enough and playing small, honestly, this isn't your lot in life. There is more available to you beyond this podcast to help you uncover your worth, feel respected, be confident, and play bigger in all areas of your life. Grab a time at highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call to set up a complimentary session on where you're at today, who you want to be, and how you can live the life you've been desiring. Again, 
head on over to highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call and take that first step towards your life transformation. Now, as, as things went along, I ended up because of the business side of things, I went from working in corporate as an employee to being a consultant. Um, and in that had a chance to get some business coaching, which I think that was a ruse just to help me realize the fact that uh, if if you like haven't addressed stuff, you know, your fears, your anxieties, like the, the stuff that's still festering, it's not going to just show up in one or the other. It appears in all areas of your life. So we would go into a business coaching call going, Hey, we're, we're having a personal problem here. Can you help us? And <laughs> For me, that was just like unheard of kind of concept. But I mean, as that stuff was going on, we're discovering it and starting to work on, you know, the underlying root cause, like how, how do you see that things changed or did they? I think once you started making those connections, I think they did start to change that again, you weren't alone. Again, you didn't have to always be the strong one. You didn't have to protect me, that I was your partner. And I I think it took the business coaching to translate into our family at some level was a business. And we needed to be able to... um, be on the same page and be partners in a way that we weren't necessarily being. Yeah. So like from the business coaching slash personal coaching, (laughs) (laughs) um, then I decided to take the next step, which was like a two day intense one-on-one deep dive, I guess we could call it. I asked you to go with me because I was petrified. Um, And even that's an understatement. My biggest concern was that because of the trauma I had gone through, um, I don't have memories of like early childhood. And then even later, there's still stuff I, I don't recall. And so my big concern was as I start, opening these things and talking about them, I'm going to open this floodgate of stuff that I don't recall and how, how bad really is it now that didn't surface, but, um, you went with me. I think we shot the price of Kleenex stock through the roof because (laughs) I like just, there was so much. I, I discussed, went through finally you know, realized and admitted what was going on the struggle, but I needed that help to see it. Sure. You were there to process it with me and gave me insight. And the the other reason I asked you to come with me is one is your memory, but two, you have a different perspective on things than I may catch. And so I, I rely on you for that, for your opinion and your insight to kind of say, Hey, well, this is what they meant because coming from that victim mindset, 
I'm automatically seeing that this person was doing it for spite and, you know, for, for bad reasons. And that's not always the case. Right. Um, when we came back from that, like what happened, how did, did life change or things remain the same or what was the result of, of, of that adventure? (laughs) (laughs) Um, it started, I honestly, you started working toward healthy change again. Not that it was always there. Yeah. Like you, you wanted to do it, but it was changing habits. It was changing a mind, your mindset. It was changing your perception. It was understanding that you were coming from a victim mindset and that you needed to not look at everything as somebody was out to get you just because they didn't necessarily agree with you and that it was okay for especially your core support group, myself and the children to have differing opinions. And it was, it, didn't reflect on you whatsoever. Um, and that we were individuals and that that was okay. And that you could change your mind into something that was healthy without feeling like doing that with new information was as fake as the mask you put on when you were hurting and you were insecure and you wanted to protect yourself. So the desire, I think really it started you on a track of self-realization in the sense of that there was an entirely different person down there from the child that went through trauma and was told all these horrible things that were not true and that it was okay to come out of all of those lies and into the truth of the man that you wanted to be was a good thing, that it was okay to grow up. It was okay to mature. And It really helped, I think, having that perspective, especially since that shift came from a man. And that was the very person in your past that was telling you the lies. And so just like when you said in the first episode how if I was showing you love, that meant that all the, what you had known as love couldn't possibly be real or I could, what I was giving you, (coughs) excuse me, couldn't possibly be real love. Something didn't work. So having a man challenge you to be better than you were 
was another paradigm shift for you. And, but I think it, you were at a point where you were seeking so much to stop fighting within yourself of who you saw yourself, who you accepted lies from as truth as a child and coming into your own as a good, you were always a good man, but you were always, but you were also taught that you weren't and you never would be. And so I could, and I think that was the other thing going back to a previous question that got me through it, through all the hard things is I saw who you could be and who you wanted to be, which was entirely different from the person you were told you were. And as children, that's so huge. Our, our families mold our concept of self and you had such a warped sense of self that didn't make sense in the future that all of that had to be reconciled. And so I think that deep dive as hard as it was and as frustrated and angry and scared as you were, it also, it's almost like all of those negative feelings culminated in that one weekend and you were free to then create this new person. You're cre- you were free to create the future you wanted instead of having your future dictated from the people who t- told you lies. What was different that made you trust that things were going to change from this point? Because in Idaho, I had gone to other events, nothing like this. I mean, this was super intense, very, um, very just deep, honest, intimate, you know, on a level I'd never experienced before, but I had gone to other weekend events, um, you know, wanting to change and things did change for a bit and on a smaller scale, but it would, there was like that revert, you know, like what about this time made you trust that? Yes, this is the change because you, you had reasons not to trust, not to put that faith there. What was different? It took some time seeing you be consistent to fully trust. I hoped, I always hoped, um, but to trust that it was changing, um, it took consistency from you. Mm. And it took watching you really struggle to catch yourself in those moments of reverting and struggle to find what the right way to do it was, even if it wasn't perfect, but the point that you were working and trying to make it right 
um, it, that, that's what it was. It was watching intently in what your intentions were versus what your natural, um, methods were. Yeah. And did you see any kind of a difference in how the family trusted, like as a whole, as I'm working to heal and be consistent, like you talked about, did you see any difference in how people were actually trusting that, Hey, that this dad is here to stay and not just a, another fly by night kind of, you know, skipping through kind of deal. Yeah. I mean, I think it took, I mean, it took them, we trained them, you know, that they knew to expect certain things and that was their norm. That was their comfort spot. That was what they knew to expect. And so it did, it took them some time to undo for lack of a better term, the years of training of dad's going to be like this. Mom's going to react like this. We need to do this. Um, And seeing you be open and honest, that was huge. Um, I can't speak for all the kids, but from my perspective, the more honest and open and vulnerable you were to where you were struggling, um, it gave them confidence. It still took time, but just like when we went on our weekends and I wouldn't necessarily give you the answer you wanted a hundred percent because it wasn't yet safe. Um, you know, they had to kind of throw out these little pieces and offer you a part of themselves to see if it, if you were really going to be safe to, for bigger things. Yeah. They're testing the waters because they're just as apprehensive about whether it's lasting. And, and I think it was one of those that, uh, it was challenging for all of us because I knew I wanted to change and I was doing my best to change. I knew that and they wanted to believe it, but, but I guess intention and actual behavior, you know, it's kind of two different things. And so it's gotta be trust reclaimed in that aspect of it. Now you did mention our weekends. I think we need to touch on that a little bit. Um, so part of what else I was doing was listening to podcasts, you know, listening to audiobooks, um, just working to learn. This is how the other world exists, you know, outside of what I was brought up with. And there was a guy on one of the podcasts that said, Hey, I take my wife away for the weekend. We get away for three days. And, and I asked her these 10 questions <laughs> and I thought I was, all super cool. And we're going to have like a fantastic weekend. And, um, 
<laughs> we get halfway through it and I start asking you these questions, uh, you know, like how secure do you feel in our relationship? Uh, you know, what's, what's your biggest thing that you would like to see changed, you know, me change to give you a greater level of security and confidence. And I mean, it was some pretty, you know, vulnerable, deep questions. How did things go on those weekends where we got away to, to uh, lay things out. Let's just say that the one to 10 scale was not a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and that was another way I knew that you were really working to change. While it was the asking those questions was not, we weren't in a good place for those to be open, honest questions as much as you wanted them to be. And I would have loved for them to be. It was still, the change was still in the infancy. So it it wasn't (laughs) the best time. Um, And when I tried to, oh, what's a good word? Um, Be honest. Yeah, when you tried to be honest about things. When I tried tried to be honest, but not brutally honest, Um, not fully honest. So honest-ish? (laughs) Honest-ish. You, unfortunately, you did what I was afraid would happen if I was 100% honest. So the first couple of weekends... Up until that point, we're great. After that point, it was kind of a, when are we going home? (laughs) Yeah. Um, The first half of the weekend, you know, it it just wasn't, it wasn't time yet for that kind of raw honesty. and that both frustrated you and I I think it frustrated you. I know you've said that it frustrated you that I was not hundred percent honest, but you were also frustrated with the fact that the way, the way you reacted to it. And so you were still in that growth process. Um, So how did I react to it? Um, well, I think the very first one I recall, let's just pack up and go home now. And, uh, you know, it was, it was rough, silent car, car ride home. And it was a few hours. Um, try five, five hours. (laughs) It was short answers when we did have to speak to each other. Uh, Lots of music or podcasts or books or, you know, something on the radio that was, or on the stereo in the car that was distracting. Um, But I think by the third or fourth one, I actually decided, you know what? He's been working at this. Let's. Let's try it. So that was 
oh, I don't know, maybe two years. Probably um, about. But uh, those first ones, I was really defensive because I, yeah, I was looking at things with rosier colored glasses than uh, I think you were sporting. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was kind of like, what? How? No, I've been doing this and this and this. It's like, no, not really. And uh, yeah. I mean, you, you softened it up, you know, you didn't, you weren't honest, honest, you were honest ish, yes. but I was still, like you talked about kind of in that infancy of being able to receive it and not defend myself, just hear you. Yeah. Right. Rather than, well, that's a wrong perspective. You're just not seeing it. Right. 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 <laughs> We'd be yeah. having a great weekend if you just saw things how I am. <laughs> it was definitely a perspective shift for both of us. So, you know, it, um, yeah, I think, it, but you know, so it took a couple of years probably of us doing those weekends and it wasn't very often. I mean, to start with, it was when we could financially and um, from your work be able to get away. Um, so the first time that I was 100% honest, it still didn't go the way that I hoped, but it was not nearly as bad as it, as it would have been when we first started doing it or even prior to that. Um, to the point where we still enjoyed the rest of our weekend. We could bring things back up in the questions and not defend ourselves, but have a conversation about the difference between you being in your own brain and knowing what your intent is and how it comes out and is, is played out essentially in action. And that, that was huge. That was huge that, you know, we could still have fun and we could still enjoy not just our time together, but our time, wherever we were, um, the ride, the car ride, back all of that stuff it still hit some nerves for both of us but the the very process was starting to show that you were working to do what you said and be who you intended and i think that was really when 100% I trusted you were set on this path and that it wasn't a, yep, I'm going to do this for a while. And then I'm going to revert because now this is uncomfortable or uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. You're good. I was say, or that, you know, you're going to get to this point and you're going to just stay here until it gets comfortable. And then you might revert back, but you might go forward. So it just depended on the time. And, you know, it, it was, it was never easy. It was always worth it. So as you've, you gained that confidence, 
you know, and things you could be honest, just not honest ish. Yeah. Um, were things perfect? I mean, were there, were there problems, you know, did we, did that mean no more arguments or no more times where I, you know, came to stress and reverted, you saw the old, old might come out. I mean, everything unicorns and rainbows or what? Nope. No, but because you were growing in your own self-awareness, it was less likely for you to go revert back and stay there. You might stay there for a while, but eventually you'd get tired of being in that place and you'd find somewhere ahead of where you were and whether that was have, you know, going more mentorship or whether that was reading encouraging books, or if that was even reading books in your wheelhouse where you felt confident and you were just gaining more knowledge, or if it was finding an activity, a hobby that you enjoyed, or it it was more and more that you got tired of being in that old place and you wanted to be in the new place and you wanted to go forward and not just stay stagnant that, um, and there, there were even, you know, fights and arguments and stress within that, that part of going from where you were to growth. You were stressed out about it. You were uncomfortable about it. And that set the tone for the whole household of sometimes it was enough of a shift that it was walking on eggshells. Sometimes it was enough of a shift that you could be confident in because of previous success that it was, it was an easy transition. Uh, It just depended on where your mental struggles were at the moment. It doesn't, I mean, we're still individuals. We're still people. We're still fallible. We, you know, we have different ideas. We have different opinions, but all of that does not negate the growth for you, for me, and for our family. And even within, I see now that our children are adults and are, um, for the most part, out on, on their own, your struggles gave them skills that they can now use in life. And they can see when they're doing something that is not healthy or not beneficial or separates them from the rest of the family. And they catch that because you set that example of this is not healthy. This is not a good way to do it. And I'm going to struggle with this, 
but I'm always going to strive to be better than this. And they've seen you do that. They've seen that struggle. They've seen that strife. They've seen that um, growth and they've seen, you know, everything that goes along with that. And so they can be confident that there's a way out no matter how bad they feel. Um, they know that their family is always going to be there and we see what they can be and not who they are in the moment, not, not who they are. We see who they are. We don't see them as the momentary lapse. So as things have, have changed and, and the healing has occurred, um, has, has that brought about changes for you in your life personally? Like how, how you respond and, and the way you live things out and approach life? Yeah. Yeah. It, it has your growth and your security in who you are now. Um, and just to backtrack just a little bit, you doing things or not doing things, not telling me things to protect me. I did the same thing. I put myself on the back burner so I did not make you uncomfortable and make things harder within the family. You coming into your own and your security with yourself, with our relationship, with our family, with your business, all of that um, has allowed me to be who I am. And, and that is somebody who loves people. Um, who has a heart for those that are struggling, the underdog, my heart from as long as I can remember, I was always for the underdog, probably because in early schooling in, and at home, I felt like the underdog, but that's where my heart has always been is to encourage and to build up those who don't see that in themselves and is why I now, you know, work with children that have dyslexia and dysgraphia and dyscalculia and executive functioning uh, difficulties and skills that they need to work on for the future because it builds up their self-confidence now. And not that their parents are not also working at this, but sometimes it comes, it has to come from somebody else. And they they think, oh, you have to say that you're my parent. (laughs) You know, you have to love me because you're my mom. You have to love me because you're my dad. But, you know, I can come at it from a different perspective in truly seeing who they are without the same blinders that just being together in the same family day in and day out can sometimes put on us. Um, 
I can, <laughs> I can do things that I just plain old enjoy. If I want to go to the park and swing on the swings, because that's what I want to do. That's not a problem for you. It's, I get to be sometimes my wild and crazy, sometimes my just plain old quirky, um, sometimes serious person. And it's okay. It doesn't reflect on you. It doesn't have anything to do with your ability or inability to be who you are. And we can complement each other with that. So how are you like taking care of yourself today? Like what, what strengthens and grows you? What are your practices in that area? Quiet time, quiet time. Music is huge. Nature is huge. Um, time to laugh with our grandbabies um, and our kids. Um, just sometimes it's sleep, um, you know, stress for a long period of time affects your health and my health is repairing and it may be a few more years before, <coughs> excuse me, before I am a hundred percent of my health is, is returned. Um, and that's okay. I have time. Um, sometimes it's going and going to the gym. Sometimes most of the time it's going to be something outside. Honestly, it's going to be something that has to do with music and outside. And that is where I refresh and rejuvenate. And, you know, sometimes it's absolute quiet. Well, as quiet as nature can be when you have wind and birds and that type of stuff, just making sure that I take time for me. I have to make myself a priority or I'm not going to be good for anybody else. And that's something I should have done long ago. But again, since I thought that I needed to be the semblance of some sort of normalcy with everything else, all the crazy that was going on, I didn't feel that it was okay for me to do that. And that was something through, like, just as I got coaching, you went and got coaching as well. And that was something you discovered and taking time for yourself, investing in yourself um, was, was actually something you grew into. You know, Mm -hmm. we, like we talked about last time, we both brought stuff. We had our own things to work through. Yeah. And that was one. I may have been innate, but it was definitely reinforced because of the role you played with, you know, me being angry and, and how I behaved that you were trying to both love on me and love on the kids and protect them in the environment that was going on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, and it's, it's not uncommon. I mean, you've heard of other moms that it's like, that's, that's a struggle for them as well. Right. Yeah. It, it's very common that you, 
it's selfish to take time for you and to protect you and to, um, to nurture yourself because you're a mom, you're a wife, but the, the saying of, if you don't take care of you, you have nothing to give to anybody else is so true. And I wish I had taken it serious. I knew it in my head, but I wish I had taken it seriously way back when, even though I did not feel a hundred percent safe because you did not feel a hundred percent safe. And, you know, all of those dynamics, um, I still wish that I had taken time to nurture myself. So I had more to give instead of giving out of what I didn't have to give. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. If, so if we go back and there's like, you know, the, the younger version of Kathy, Mm -hmm. right. And you're in the midst of everything that you were in as as we're going through our marriage and and raising the kids, what would you tell that, that younger version of you as far as self-care and, and, you know, trying to balance it with a, with a, a husband, you know, that, that is struggling, that's not creating that, that safe, secure environment for you to be able to take that, that kind of time. What would you tell yourself back then? Find a way to do it. And it doesn't have to be something big. It can be taking a bath instead of a shower. It could be spending, you know, a few minutes extra uh, brushing your teeth and just having some quiet time, um, locking the bathroom door. I just, you know, find a closet, play hide and seek and find a closet that they're not going to find you in (laughs) and indulge once in a while. Um, You know, sometimes it's about having your favorite candy and not sharing. That can be rejuvenating or um, laughing, just being a kid and just being silly just to be silly. That can be rejuvenating. Getting out of your norm, you know, taking um, a mental health day from work or, you know, if you have young kids and you, you're the primary caretaker of them because, you know, like for you, for a while you were in corporate and then you were on your own Um, you know, if you have your children, you don't have any friends, you're in a place you don't know, you know, it, maybe sometimes we have to take our kids out of class or cancel school. If you're homeschooling and just go do something fun, just be, it doesn't have to be expensive. It could be going and getting ice cream in the middle of the day. Um, once in a while, when you were really working on it. Uh, and trying to find your new norm. Sometimes it was, let's wake the kids up at three o'clock in the morning because we, you know, we're awake um, because we're stressed and let's go get pancakes at IHOP or Denny's or something that is so out of the ordinary that it actually 
gives you a break, gives you a mental break to get out of the spin cycle. So is there anything else that you would, when you look back, is there anything else you would do different um, as we were going along in the years, like that you would say like, Hey, if I had done this, it may have been better for us or for you yourself. Um, in addition to like the taking time for yourself. It's so cliche, but that it's all just a phase that, that when our children are small, they go through phases, right? They go through their infant. It's just going to be a phase. They like love to snuggle. That's just going to be a phase. Both the good and the bad will change. The good, you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. And know that none of it is going to last forever. Um, you know, those hugs and kisses from your kids in front of their friends might end at some point, but they, it also might start again. Um, you know, the, the fights that you're having with your spouse or your children or your parents or anybody else, while they're stressful in the moment, there is going to be a time, whether it's because that person or those people are out of your life or because they grow or you grow, or you just choose not to let them steal that time and that energy from you, it's going to change. So take advantage of the good moments and have hope in the, in the ones that are rough because it's not always going to be rough. And like I said earlier, it was never easy necessarily, but it was the hard times were always worth it because it, the other side, there was something new. And to have confidence in that and have peace in that and to have security in that. Yeah. So like where we started, isn't where we're ending. (laughs) There's hope just like we talked about with grandma and grandpa and now with where we're at. I mean, it's like, it's been a roller coaster at times, um, but it's not always going to be that, that bottom of the, of the trough. I guess is what you'd call it. (laughs) Yeah. And to remember that, you know, every phase and even every age that when you go through that for the first time, you don't always know how to navigate it. You know, if you've never been 13 before, then 13 can be a really scary age. If you've never been 21 before and you're out on your own or 18 or, you know, whatever, you've never been there before. You don't know what to expect necessarily. You know what other people have said to expect, but, you know, there's still that fear of what does this look like for me? And, you know, it's the same thing for us. It's a, we, we're not the 20 something year old kids that got married and had, you know, our first baby and all of that. You know, we, we can look back 
differently, just like a 13 year old can tell the 10 year old, Hey, you know what? (laughs) Here are some things to expect. Or like, you know, a 70 year old telling, you know, a 50 year old, Hey, here's what's coming. Like when your first child projectile vomits and then you you (laughs) drive 90 miles an hour down the freeway. And it's like by the fourth child, you're just like, Meh, clean up the mess. Okay. That kind of thing. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> Something like that. Something <laughs> like that. Yeah. There, I mean, you know, it's it everything comes in phases. Every come thing comes in waves, and it's okay. We, it, the other thing I think I would say is my grandfather said, nothing is ever a mistake if you learn for it. It becomes a learning opportunity. So if you grow and you learn. And you can look even in the moment at something and take something away from it. It isn't a mistake. It isn't something that has stolen something from you. It has given you something. I get it. Sweetheart, thank you so much for agreeing to come and share, you know, the, not the, truth ish, but actually sharing the truth on how things have been. I mean, it's, it's not been easy. It's now in a much better place, but there's still a reality of, yeah, it's, it can be tough, but the rewards are absolutely there. I wouldn't go back. I, there's no way I would want to go back. Um, the difference in life now with you and with the children and our grandchildren, by the way, the youngest one is mine. That's yeah. Yes, definitely mine. He is definitely yours. Papa, Papa. See mine. (laughs) Back off. (laughs) Um, But I mean, the, just the difference. And it, it wasn't an easy transition. I didn't do it alone. It took all of us going through it, but where we're at now as a family is so 180 from where we were. And um, I think the biggest thing is being able to look, and this is something that I had never done. I only navigated off of what I didn't want Mm -hmm. is, um, you know, as you and I look into the future, we've helped our children learn a difference, right? They didn't inherit what you and I had learned, you know, that legacy wasn't there. It wasn't the legacy that our parents received, nor what our grandparents did. You know, we're changing things intentionally. Um, and, and it can be done by other people, both men and women, you know, it's, it takes time. Right. And, it does. um, and intentionality. Yeah. And it, and it obviously works better when you're both making change, but if one person doesn't make a change, the other one may not either. And that for a long time was my thought with you was, well, if she would respect me, then I would love her. And that didn't get us anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, it it was definitely perspective shifts that had to happen. Yeah, absolutely. 
So honey, I really appreciate it. Thank you for being open and honest and joining me twice to share like what our journey's been. And, um, you know, we, we are now setting it off of what we do want yes. and looking to what, um, you know, allows for growth, not just for me, but for you and our children, you know, it's like, we're, you've got a different, like you said, a different perspective, a different vantage point. Um, is there anything that you would want to leave as like a last thought of, um, you know, hope of why to invest and do the work and, and put in the, the time into something like that? Um, probably just to love people where they are, especially those closest to you while, and and loving yourself where you are, accepting yourself where you are, but not letting that be stagnant, encouraging growth. Um, because if you're not going towards something, you're just running from something, and that doesn't give you any kind of a compass to know when you get there. That doesn't mean that it's one path and <laughs> that's it. But if you're at least going toward something instead of just away from something, you are able to look at it and decide what the next step is. So, but I mean, it's always. And I know every situation is different, um, but really, if you love the person and they are really honestly, and it takes time, it takes time to discern whether they are actually changing or if they are being, like you said earlier, a chameleon. Um, but, you know, it's, if you feel like you're supposed to be there to fight, alongside them do it and if that means you have to set personal boundaries to take care of yourself so that you have the energy and the wherewithal to do that to fight alongside somebody do it it's worth it It is absolutely worth it i i wouldn't while it was all the early parts were struggles where it has us now, there's very little that I can think of that I would go back and change because if we changed it, we wouldn't be the people we are now. Yeah, definitely agree. hundred percent. Well, let's end there, sweetheart. How can people reach out for out to you if they have questions on dyslexia, dysgraphia, dyscalculia, or homeschooling? Um, how can they reach out to you for that stuff? I have, uh, Facebook is the best way. Um, it is AHA Interactive on uh, Facebook. It has an icon of uh, a light bulb with a butterfly in it. And you can message me there. And, you know, I'm happy to do what I can if you have questions or if anybody has feedback or, you know, wants to connect. That's the best way. Sounds great. Thank you, love. Thank you. Thanks so much, my friend, for joining me on another episode. If you found the information within the show helpful, 
please leave a review on the platform you're listening to. It helps raise the show's visibility so other men can join us in breaking free. See you on the next episode. And remember to continue putting yourself out there. Have a great one.